Everything But The Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Summary When Aziraphale moves into his new home in Tatfield, he immediately begins to experience issues with the house. After a quick call to the local handyman, he thinks all of his problems are going to be solved. Unfortunately, his problems are only just beginning. Because the local handyman, Crowley, is incredibly sexy. Aziraphale quickly finds that he likes watching Crowley fix things in his home. So much so that he starts to break things on purpose. But surely Crowley isn't interested in him back. Surely the handsome, charismatic owner of Red's Repairs wouldn't be interested in a middle-aged retired man with a penchant for bow ties and waistcoats, right? Fortunately, Fixing leaky faucets isn't the only thing Crowley's hands are good at. Chapter 1 Aziraphale gave the switch a jiggle, hoping for a different outcome than the first time he had done it. But alas, nothing. He had only just moved into the cottage a week ago, and it seemed that already things had begun to go wrong. That was always a risk when buying an older home, he knew. Now the garbage disposal was on the fritz. He supposed he didn't need a garbage disposal, but he didn't want to get into the habit of letting things go into disrepair and then leaving them. So, with a heavy sigh, he took out his phone. He hated this thing, and if he could have gone on using the phone book forever, he would have. Unfortunately, they had stopped making them. So instead, he typed, Home Repair Near Me. Several hundred listings popped up. That wasn't right. Surely there were not hundreds of repairmen in Tatfield. That would be a bit of an overkill. Sure enough, when he actually clicked on several links, he saw that they were located in London. Well, he wasn't about to have someone drive out that far. It took him a few minutes, but finally he found someone located right here in Tatfield. Red's repairs had four stars, which wasn't bad. When he looked at the reviews, he saw that most of the negative reviews were about the owner's personality rather than his work. There were nothing but positive assessments of the quality of the work itself. Well, Aziraphale could handle a surly old man if it meant the work was done in an acceptable manner. He clicked on the phone number and held the phone to his ear. It rang a few times before someone answered. Yeah. Aziraphale blinked. That certainly wasn't a nice way to answer a work phone. Ah, yes.
Yes, hello. Is this Red's repairs? Yeah, who's this? The voice on the other line sounded like they had just woken up. But that can't be right. It was nearly noon. Um, my name is Aziraphale. I live in Tatfield and I'm in need of your services. My garbage disposal seems to be out and I would rather like to have it fixed. Do I need an appointment? There was a moment of silence. No, you live in Tatfield, you said? Yes, I do. Just down on Willow Lane. Aziraphale heard what sounded like a sigh and the shuffling of something that sounded an awful lot like blankets. All right, fine. I can be there in an hour. Uh, oh! He honestly hadn't expected anyone to be able to come out that fast. Really? It's no rush. Not an emergency. If you have other clients... Do you want me to fix it or not? Um, oh, um, yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, whatever. Text your address to this number and I'll be over. And then the line went dead. Well, the review certainly hadn't been lying about him being surly. But then he had sounded far younger than what he had previously imagined. Aziraphale went about tidying up the house. Even if it was just a handyman, he didn't want anyone to think he was a slob. Though he had only moved in last week, all of his boxes were already unpacked and put away. He went upstairs and combed his hair and put on his waistcoat. He should make a good first impression in case he needed to hire this person again. Aziraphale went back downstairs and brewed a cup of tea before going to his sitting room to enjoy it. A few months ago, he had reached his 40th birthday and upon doing so had realized a few truths about himself. One, that he had wasted the last 15 years of his life at a job that did not appreciate him and he hated. Two, he was tired of living in a noisy and crowded city that had long ago stopped feeling like a home and had instead begun to feel a lot like a prison. And three, he was terribly, terribly lonely. Realizing he could fix two of those three, he had done so. He had started by quitting his job at the firm. His boss, Gabriel, had been absolutely furious. But it had felt so good to slam his letter of resignation down on his desk and storm out with his head held high. Throughout his time working there, he had managed to save quite a lot of money and so it had been no problem to purchase this quaint little cottage out here in the middle of this lovely little village. Unfortunately, there was nothing he could do about his third problem. He wasn't what anyone would consider a catch. He was middle-aged, soft, a bit of an old soul, and completely gay. 
His last relationship had ended five years ago, and though he wanted a partner, he had never seemed to meet the one. He sighed into his tea. Oh, well. He would learn to be content where he was, alone in his beautiful new home with a wonderful garden and plenty of shelf space. If he wanted romance, he was going to have to get it from his novels. A sudden knock at the door made him jump. He glanced at the clock. Oh, it had already been an hour. He set his tea on the side table and stood, straightening his already perfectly straight bow tie. He plastered a smile onto his face as he opened the door, preparing for whatever grumpy old man would be on the other side. Then he froze. Because the man on the other side was absolutely not old. Red hair hung down to narrow shoulders, which were connected to a tall and thin frame. Black sunglasses were perched on a sharp nose above a set of lips that were twisted in disdain. An overly tight black shirt made it so that he could see every curve of the man's chest, and around his waist was a tool belt that had no business being as sexy as it was. He looked younger than Aziraphale, possibly early thirties. Aziraphale was glad that the man's face was turned away from him, because he was sure he looked like a right idiot, staring with his mouth hanging open. He gathered his wits and cleared his throat. Ahem, um, Red's repairs? The man sighed and finally turned to look at him. <sighs> yeah, obviously I'm... Whatever this man was, Aziraphale didn't get to find out, because the man froze as his eyes landed on him. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows. Oh dear, did he have something on his face? Why was he looking at him like that? He resisted the urge to reach up and wipe around his mouth. He licked his lips instead, and even through the sunglasses saw the man's eyes dart to that movement. Um, is something wrong? The man straightened up, pushing up from where he had been leaning against the door jamb, and cleared his throat. <clears throat> wrong? No, nothing wrong. Um, what was the question you asked? I just asked if you were from Red's Repairs. Oh, um, yep, that's me. And I assume you are Red. He couldn't be anyone else, not with those flames on his head. He snorted, a small smile pulling up the corner of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not my name, but yeah, my name's Crowley. Aziraphale allowed himself a small smile. Oh, I see. They stood there, staring at each other for several seconds, 
before Aziraphale shook himself. Um, the garbage disposal is this way. Crowley seemed to also remember that he was there for a reason. Oh, right, yes, lead the way. Crowley walked in and Aziraphale shut the door behind him. This was the first person he had had into his new home, and it felt more personal than it should. They walked together through the front room and past the study. Wow, Crowley commented. You sure do have a lot of books. Aziraphale smiled. Yes, I'm a bit of a collector. They finally made it to the kitchen, and Aziraphale walked to the switch beside the sink. He flipped it a few times, and still nothing. You see, it's not working at all. Crowley nodded and hummed. Hmm, could just be a bad switch or a problem with the wiring. I'll check it out. Crowley began to work, pulling tools out of his utility belt and setting them on the counter. Aziraphale stood off to the side, watching with his hands folded in front of him. Crowley looked up at him and gave him a crooked smile that made his heart do all sorts of ridiculous things. You don't have to stand there and watch me, you know. I'm not going to steal anything. Aziraphale flushed pink and stuttered out a reply. Oh, um, no, no, I don't. I didn't think you would. I'll, um, I'll just be in my study if you need anything. He turned away and quickly walked back into his study before he could embarrass himself even more. What on earth was the matter with him? See, this is why he didn't have a partner. He always made an absolute fool of himself when he was around attractive men, regardless of if they were straight. Crowley was probably laughing at him right now. Or worse, pitying him. Probably thought he was some poor, aging man who was all alone with just his books. He would be completely right. He sank down in his chair with a sigh. Oh, well, so much for good impressions. It didn't matter anyways, Aziraphale thought as he picked up his cup of tea. Crowley was leaps and bounds out of his league. Obviously younger than him, devastatingly handsome and charming to boot. Now he really did wish he were a grumpy old man. He forced himself to not think about the beautiful handyman in his kitchen and instead opened up his book. He would get lost in the world of Austin for a little while, for it was far better to read about someone else's problems than to deal with his own. But it wasn't long before his stomach was growling and beseeching him to get up and have a snack. He frowned and tried to ignore it, but that did no good. 
he had never been one to deny himself. With a sigh, he put his book back down and walked into the kitchen. He was not prepared for what he saw. Crowley was lying on his back with his head and shoulders in the cupboard beneath the sink. Because of the angle and the position he was in, his overly tight shirt had ridden all the way up to the middle of his stomach, showing off a glorious trail of red hair that disappeared into the waistline of his equally tight trousers. Aziraphale bit his lip and thanked God that Crowley couldn't actually see him right now, standing in the middle of the kitchen and ogling him like some old pervert. He swallowed and forced his eyes away, moving instead to the fridge. He pulled out a cheese and cracker plate, and when he straightened up, Crowley was out from under the sink and was wiping off his hands. Figured out what the issue was. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows. That fast? My, you are good. If he didn't know better, he would think he saw a pink tinge rise in Crowley's cheeks, but he turned away before he could get a closer look. Uh, yeah, it's no big deal. The wire connected to the motor was loose. I should have it fixed within a half hour. Aziraphale beamed, and Crowley looked away once again. That's splendid. Would you care for a snack? He thought he heard Crowley mumbled something like, You're a snack, but that couldn't be right, because that made no sense. Sorry, dear, what was that? Crowley cleared his throat. <clears throat> um, said no, I don't need a snack. Oh, all right. Well, I'll just be in the other room if you need anything. He took his little tray of goodies back to the study and settled back into his chair. The cheese was delicious. He had gotten it from the little deli in town and was exceptionally pleased with the quality of all the food he had tried there. He had worried that his palate would suffer if he moved out of the big city, but luckily that didn't seem to be the case. He ate happily and hummed to himself as he read. He didn't even look up until someone cleared their throat nearby. Aziraphale jumped and looked up to see Crowley standing in the doorway, leaning against the wall and smiling at him. His blasted heart did the jumping thing again. Oh, all finished then? Yep, wasn't a difficult jump. Aziraphale smiled and put his book down. Oh, good. Now, how much do I owe you? Crowley was quiet for a moment, and then he gave him a quote that seemed incredibly low. Aziraphale frowned. Are you sure that's the cost? Crowley shrugged and looked away. Yeah, why? Well because in London it costs significantly more than that. Suppose that's the benefit of not living in the city, then.
Aziraphale nodded. I suppose so. Do you accept paper, or do you prefer another method of payment? Paper is fine. Aziraphale pulled out his wallet and counted out the appropriate number of notes. He handed them to Crowley, and he took them, and Aziraphale didn't think it was his imagination that their fingers brushed together a bit more than was necessary. Crowley folded the notes and then slid them into his too tight pocket. Aziraphale expected him to make a hasty retreat, but instead he remained where he was, looking around the room. So, you just move here? Yes, just last week. I came from London. Crowley nodded. And how are you liking it so far? Oh, it's lovely. It's a beautiful little town, and the people are so friendly. Yeah, for the most part they can be. Is your wife moving here as well? Aziraphale flushed slightly. Well, that was a loaded question. No, no wife. Never had one, nor wanted one. It's just me. Crowley smiled a bit wider now. Oh yeah? And what had you making the move? Just needed a change of scenery, I suppose. I quit my job, gave up my flat in the city and bought this place. I have to say, I think it was the right move. Why do you say that? Aziraphale sighed. Huh. The city can be suffocating. The people can be rude. I was tired of rude people. Crowley glanced down, a regretful twist to his lips. Yeah, sorry about early on the phone. I was up until one last night fixing someone's busted pipe, so you caught me still in bed. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows and tried very hard not to picture Crowley in bed. Specifically, his bed twisted in the bedsheets as the morning light came in through the window and lit up his hair like fire. Oh dear, that was a delightful image. It's quite all right. No harm done. Just don't want you to think I'm some sort of asshole. I think you're nothing of the sort, my dear. You seem positively lovely. Crowley grinned again, a wickedness to it that set Aziraphale alight. You don't really know me that well, then. I've been described as quite the demon by some, and I think I earned it. Aziraphale chuckled. <laughs> yes, well, I've also been told that I can be a right bastard. Crowley scoffed. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Look at you. Doubt you could ever do the wrong thing. You're an angel. Now Aziraphale was definitely blushing. That's going a bit far, I think. Now look at you. You even have the blonde curls and blue eyes to match. You're practically shining. Aziraphale looked down 
trying in vain to control the heat in his face. Was Crowley making fun of him, or did he genuinely think that? Crowley seemed to realize what he had said only a moment too late. Oh shit, I'm sorry. That's a bit unprofessional, isn't it? I'm sorry. See, I always go and put my foot in it. No! Aziraphale rushed to reassure him. No, that's... that's quite all right. That's... well, it's actually very kind of you to say. Crowley relaxed once more. Uh, not kind. Just stating the truth. A silence stretched between them, and then Crowley scratched the back of his neck. Right, well, I should be going. I've got a couple of appointments this afternoon. Oh, yes, of course, Aziraphale said as he followed Crowley back to the kitchen. Crowley gathered his tools and put them back on his belt before fastening it to his waist. And oh, what a lovely waist he had. Narrow and angular, perfect for grabbing onto. Perfect for shoving against a wall and sliding a thigh between. Perfect for riding him. Oh dear God, he needed to stop. Aziraphale followed Crowley to the front door and opened it for him. Once again, Crowley hesitated in the doorway. Right, well, if you think of anything else that needs to be fixed, you have my number. Don't be shy. Just shoot me a text and I'll be over as quickly as I'm able. Aziraphale smiled. Yes, thank you. I'll be sure to do that. It's been truly lovely to meet you, Crowley. Yeah, you too. I'll, I'll see you around. Aziraphale nodded. I expect you will. Crowley gave him one last smile and then made his way back to the road and climbed into a vintage-looking car. It started with a roar and then took off down the road. He watched it until it was gone and then shut the door. He was being silly. He was not about to develop a crush on the village handyman. He did not need that sort of heartache in his life right now. And it surely would be heartache. Because, as he had established earlier, Crowley was either straight or out of his league. Either way, nothing in it for him. Well, except perhaps looking at him on occasion. He was so very nice to look at. He made his way into his kitchen and switched on the garbage disposal. It started up right away, whirring and grinding with ease. He shut it off and smiled. Well, if a few more things in his home broke and needed fixing, he could hardly help that, could he? No, certainly not. And, to be sure, things were going to start breaking.
Everything But The Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Chapter 2 Aziraphale paced back and forth in his study. He couldn't believe he was doing this. It had only been five days since Crowley had been in his home, and he hadn't stopped thinking about him the entire time. He was honestly a bit ashamed. Though not ashamed enough to stop his current plan of action. No, he had already set his mind to it, and once his mind was set, there was no going back. He marched up the stairs to his bathroom and peered into the sink. The dark abyss of the pipes stared back, almost beseeching him not to do what he was about to. Well, it was a good thing he didn't listen to pipes. His pinky ring slid off his finger easily. He examined the gold shine of the little wings for a moment, and then, with a sigh of resolution, dropped it into the sink. It clanged as it went down, disappearing into the depths. Oh well, too late now. He couldn't just leave it. He opened his phone and clicked on the number he had saved as Crowley. He had said to send him a text if he needed anything. Well, he needed his ring back. Even if Crowley held no interest in him, at least he would be some company. God, he was lonely. He opened a new message and typed it out. 138. Hello, Crowley. This is Aziraphale. You might not remember me, but you fixed my garbage disposal a few days ago. I'm sorry to bother you, but I seem to be in a bit of a predicament. You see, I dropped my ring down the drain in my bathroom, and I can't seem to get it out on my own. If you are free today, do you think you would be able to stop by? If so, let me know of a convenient time. Thank you. Aziraphale. He closed his phone and then sat down on his bed to wait. He was being quite pathetic, wasn't he? Going out of his way to force Crowley to come here. Of course he would pay him, but still. What sort of person did this? The lonely, desperate sort, he supposed. He was almost about to text Crowley back and tell him never mind when his phone pinged. Aziraphale picked it up and saw that Crowley had texted back. He opened it with a fast-beating heart. 142. Hey, yeah, no prob. We'll be by in 20. Aziraphale stared at the message. 20? Twenty what? Minutes? Oh dear lord, he wasn't ready yet. Leaping from his bed, he ran to his closet and pulled out his best waistcoat, the silky white one with that gold button. He selected a blue bow tie from his drawer that would match his eyes and then set about fixing his hair. 
although there was nothing really to be done about that. His curls defied gravity and often seemed to have a mind of their own. He stared at himself in the mirror and sighed. This was as good as it was going to get. He rushed downstairs and made a pot of tea. He wasn't sure what Crowley liked, so he just took a guess. His whole body felt alight with nervous energy. He nearly flew out of his skin when there was a knock at the door. One more quick adjustment to his waistcoat and he was opening the front door. Crowley stood there looking just as beautiful as he had on the first day, perhaps even more so, if it was possible. His hair had been pulled back into a low bun today, and rather than a t-shirt, he was wearing a tank top that showed off his freckled shoulders. Aziraphale did his best not to let his eyes linger and gave him his most pleasant smile. Hello, Crowley. So lovely of you to come on such short notice. Crowley shrugged one shoulder, a small smile on his face. Wasn't an issue. I was in the area. Oh, good. I wouldn't want to put you out. Never. So show me where you dropped this ring. Aziraphale led him inside and up the stairs. They had to go through his bedroom to get to the upstairs bathroom, and he did his best not to let his mind get away from him. He showed him to the sink. It was right here. I had placed it on the ledge to wash my hands, and when I went to grab it, it dropped right in. Crowley hummed. Hmm, yeah, it shouldn't be too difficult to retrieve. I'll have to snake it out. Aziraphale couldn't help but chuckle. <laughs> Snake it out, indeed. Much like that tattoo you have. A delighted grin appeared on Crowley's face, and he laughed as well. <laughs> exactly. Aren't you just full of little jokes? Aziraphale wiggled. I don't know about full of them, but I do enjoy a good pun. Crowley rolled his eyes, but it almost looked fond. Of course you like puns. The jokes of angels and the elderly. Aziraphale gasped. I'm not an elderly. No, but you are an angel, remember? Aziraphale blushed and looked away. Of course he remembered. How could he not? He had been replaying that over and over in his mind for days, remembering the playful smile Crowley had given him so freely. Right, well, I'll just be in my bedroom. Shout if you need anything. Sure thing, Angel. Aziraphale rushed out of the room before he could blush any more. He made his way over to the little writing desk beside the window that looked out over the garden and sat down. From here, he could hear Crowley as he got to work retrieving his ring. Aziraphale listened for a moment to the sounds of clanging and rattling 
and then tried his best to distract himself with a book of poems he had selected from his library. It wasn't too long later, as he was humming to himself, when he felt eyes on him. He looked up and saw that Crowley was standing in the doorway and watching him. As soon as Aziraphale looked up, Crowley shook himself. Uh, sorry for interrupting you. No, not at all. I'm hardly busy. Any success? Crowley lifted his hand and something shiny and gold glinted in the light. Aziraphale stood and beamed at him, walking forward to take his ring. Oh, wonderful! Thank you so much! I was so worried I would never get this back. My mother bought it for me when I graduated from university. Crowley laid the ring carefully in his palm, and once again... Crowley's fingers lingered. It's no problem. I told you to send me a text if you needed anything. Well, in any case, you're my saviour. A lovely bit of colour tinted Crowley's cheeks, and he gave him another lopsided grin. Nah, just a local handyman. One and the same, if you ask me. Crowley chuckled and then looked over to the desk where Aziraphale had been sitting. So, what are you reading today? Oh, just a collection of poems from Oscar Wilde. Ah, a Wilde fan, are you? Aziraphale lit up at the chance to talk about his favourite author. Oh, yes, I think he was brilliant. I own a great deal of his first editions. It's taken me a lifetime to collect them and a small fortune, but they were worth every penny. Yeah, I picked up on the fact that you were a bit of a bibliophile. Before Aziraphale could respond, Crowley's phone rang loudly from his pocket, making them both jump. Crowley pulled it out and looked at the screen before he let out a growl, his face twisting into a sneer, so different from the open and friendly smile he had worn a moment ago. He answered with more force than was necessary. What? Whoever it was on the other end said something, and Crowley rolled his eyes. Yeah, I'm coming. I said I would be there by three. Another pause. So what if it's a few minutes after? I said I'm coming. Do you want your pipe fixed or not? Aziraphale looked away, unsure if he should be listening in or not. Yeah, fine. I'm on my way now. Crowley slammed his thumb against the end call button with a sigh. Ah. <sighs> Sorry about that. I had another appointment scheduled for around this time. Oh, no, you're fine. You could have gone to your other appointments first, you know, and just come here after. Crowley waved a hand. Nah, they can wait. I was close by anyways. But I do have to be heading out now, unfortunately. Unfortunately? Did he really think it was unfortunate he needed to leave? 
Aziraphale walked him to the front door again. Aziraphale? Yes, of course. Thank you again, Crowley. He winked. Any time, Angel. Aziraphale bit his lip and watched him climb into his car and drive away. Oh dear, he was in trouble. The next thing to break was the doorknob on the back door leading out to the garden. Crowley inspected it with raised eyebrows. Looks like the screws all just came loose. Do you know if anyone has been tampering with it? Aziraphale avoided eye contact as he pulled a sheet of cookies out of the oven, decidedly not looking over at the drawer that held his screwdriver. I'm afraid I don't know. Perhaps some local hooligans? Crowley snorted. <laughs> hooligans? How old are you? Eighty? Aziraphale sniffed and pressed his lips together. I'll have you know I'm barely forty, even if I look older. You don't look older, Crowley said quickly. You look good. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows, but Crowley just went back to fixing the doorknob like he hadn't just said something very sweet. Once Crowley was finished, Aziraphale handed him a wrapped plate of fresh cookies. Here you are, my dear, for the road. Crowley stared at the plate in surprise. Oh, are you sure? Of course I'm sure. It's just me here. I can't eat this all on my own. But what about your plate? Aziraphale shrugged, busying himself at the sink. You can just bring it back the next time you come over to fix something. Crowley grinned. You seem very sure that you'll need my services again soon. Yes, well, older house and all. This is already the third time I've had to call you in two weeks. Crowley nodded. That is an inordinate amount of time for me to be called to a single house for different issues. Aziraphale chewed his lip. Was he being too obvious? Was he coming off as a creep? Was the only reason Crowley continued to come back because he pitied him a lonely middle-aged man with nothing but his books for company. He shoved that thought away and turned back to him, hoping his face looked casual. If this is at all a bother for you, I can call another repairman next time. I don't want to put you out. No, Crowley said quickly. No, no, it's really no trouble. I can always use the work. You're never a bother. Aziraphale smiled shyly. Oh, oh, well, all right then. How the hell did you manage to rip off the entire showerhead? 
It was bolted to the wall. Aziraphale fidgeted and watched as Crowley held up the metal piece to the now gaping hole in his shower. He had to admit he had gone a bit far with this one. I slipped. Crowley raised an eyebrow. Slipped? And instead of grabbing a hold of the shower curtain, you managed to reach up and pull the whole shower head off? Aziraphale avoided eye contact, picking at an invisible bit of fluff on his sleeve. Yes, exactly. Crowley shook his head, looking back up at the hole. Well, this is going to take me a bit longer to fix than the other things. That's perfectly fine, my dear. I'll just be down in the kitchen. I've got a pie in the oven and I need to watch it to make sure it doesn't burn. Crowley nodded, distracted, as he examined the plaster around the exposed pipe. Okay, sure. Aziraphale made his way back downstairs, humming happily. Crowley didn't seem annoyed by his constant house calls, at least. He always seemed to get there remarkably fast, usually within the hour. Aziraphale wondered if he gave everyone else such prompt service. Well, of course he did. It wasn't like Aziraphale was special or anything. Should he leave a review for him on the Google? Would that be weird? He mused over this as he tidied up the kitchen from his morning baking. Flour had gotten all over the floor and his sink was piled high with dirty dishes. Chopin played from his record player and he hummed along as he worked. Soon the whole house was smelling of fresh baked pie. Crowley was still upstairs by the time Aziraphale finished in the kitchen, so he took him a cup of tea. As he approached the doorway, he heard Crowley muttering to himself. He inched forward slowly. Damn stubborn bolt, just turn. We are not going to leave Aziraphale without a shower, even if he is a clumsy, adorable... Everything going all right up here? Crowley yelped and spun around, dropping his wrench into the tub. Jesus, Aziraphale, don't do that. You scared me out of my skin. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I just thought I would bring you a cup of tea, in case you got thirsty. Crowley stared at the cup in his hands. Oh, thanks. Uh, just leave it on the counter there and I'll drink it when I'm done. Sure thing. Aziraphale set the cup down and then began to walk out, before stopping and turning to catch one more peek. Crowley's arms were over his head while he worked on the pipe, causing his shirt to rise up once again. That delicious trail of red hair led Aziraphale's eyes downward, and with how tight his trousers were, he was able to see a clear bulge. Oh dear, he wasn't small. Before he could get caught staring, Aziraphale turned and ran downstairs. 
Crowley came down an hour later, a tiny sheen of sweat on his brow that he wiped with a cloth on his belt. Aziraphale tried his best not to think about what it would taste like to lick the sweat from his skin. He wasn't terribly successful. I got the pipe fixed and reattached. I'll have to come back tomorrow in order to plaster up the wall, though. Aziraphale beamed. Perfect. He wouldn't need to make an excuse for him to come back so soon. Oh, thank you so terribly much, my dear. You're a godsend. Crowley flustered and looked down. Just doing my job. He looked towards the kitchen. So, a pie, huh? What type? Apple, of course. It's my favorite. I bought some apples from the market yesterday. They weren't the best quality, but it was all they had. Aziraphale walked into the kitchen, and Crowley followed. The pie should still taste all right, though. Would you like to take a slice home? Crowley grinned. If you're offering. Obviously. Crowley snorted. <laughs> Obviously, he mocked. Aziraphale swatted at him, but he dodged out of the way with a laugh. You're a horrible man. I did warn you. And if I'm so horrible, why do you keep calling me? Aziraphale rolled his eyes. You happen to be the only handyman I know. He cut a large slice out of the pie, easily enough for two servings. Crowley raised his eyebrows. Are you sure you want to give me that much of it? Yes, I'm sure. I'm already soft enough around the middle. I hardly need an entire pie. Anger clouded Crowley's face. What? Who told you that? Aziraphale blinked, surprised by his strong reaction. Nobody needs to tell me. I do have a mirror. Well, then it must be a funhouse mirror, because your body is fucking great. Eat all the pie and sweets you want. Anyone who can look at you and see less than perfection needs to have their fucking eyes checked. Aziraphale's mouth fell open slightly as they stared at each other in the middle of the kitchen. Crowley's face was quite red now, but his mouth was set, as though daring him to challenge his words. Aziraphale found that for the first time he didn't want to disagree about his looks. Crowley just looked so sure. That's lovely of you to say, Crowley. Thank you. Not knowing what else to do, he held out the plate of pie, which Crowley took. Yep, well, I've got to go. Very busy schedule, me. But I'll... I'll be back tomorrow at noon to fix the plaster. Yes, thank you. Crowley walked to the door and shut it behind him. Sure enough, 
the next day at precisely noon, there was a knock at the door. Aziraphale rushed down the stairs to answer it. He had been applying a new cologne he had purchased from the barber in town, and he was hoping Crowley would like it. He was only slightly out of breath when he opened the door. Crowley smiled widely at him, as though he were genuinely happy to see him. Hey there, Angel. You okay? Oh, oh, yes, I was just, um, I ran down the stairs. Crowley tilted his head back and laughed, his hair falling back from his face. He was so very beautiful. <laughs> of course you did. Aziraphale looked down and saw that Crowley was holding a cloth bag in his hand. What's that? Rather than answer, he lifted it and handed it to Aziraphale. A bit bemused, Aziraphale looked inside. His jaw dropped open. Because inside the bag were a dozen of the shiniest, reddest apples he had ever seen. They looked absolutely perfect. You, um, you said the apples from the market weren't good. I have a couple apple trees in my yard, and I figured you would put them to better use than I would. Aziraphale wasn't sure why his hands were shaking so badly when he took the bag from him. Nobody had ever been so thoughtful, so considerate, so kind. Crowley, that's... that's... Don't make it a big deal. Crowley said, shoving his hands into his pockets. They're just apples. Aziraphale swallowed hard and nodded. If Crowley wanted him to pretend that this was nothing, that this was normal and meant nothing, he would. It was a lie, but he would tell it if that was what Crowley wished. Thank you, my dear. Right, well, I'll get started on that wall. Aziraphale nodded and stepped out of the way so he could walk past him. Crowley stopped a foot away and smiled. You smell nice, by the way. He continued on up the stairs without looking back, but Aziraphale remained where he was for several minutes. Oh dear. He was in very, very big trouble.
Everything But The Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Chapter 3 Crowley was having a very confusing time. It was a well-known fact that he did not like people. His customers knew it and his employees knew it. It wasn't completely true, though. He liked Anathema and Newt well enough, and he liked Madame Tracy down at the pub. But in every single one of those cases, they had grown on him over time and wore him down into a fondness. No, his immediate response was to dislike. And yet, the moment he had laid eyes on Aziraphale, he had liked him very much. He had never in his life seen a more beautiful person. Eyes as blue as the sky and hair like clouds, it had felt like looking at an honest-to-God angel. And then he had spoken and smiled, and he was completely done for. If you had asked him before that moment if he believed in love at first sight, he would have told you to fuck off and peddle your snake oil somewhere else. It didn't exist. And yet, ever since that first day, the angel had taken front and center stage in his mind. He thought about him while he was working on other jobs, and while he was cooking dinner, and while he was at the pub. After that first day, he had worried he wouldn't get the chance to see much of him, but as it turned out, he needn't have worried at all. Because apparently Aziraphale was the clumsiest and most unfortunate person he had ever met. An angel with an unlucky streak, it seemed. That or Aziraphale was purposely causing damage to his home so that he could call Crowley over, but he wasn't so conceited to think that was the case. Why would Aziraphale go through all that trouble for the likes of him when he could have anyone he wanted? At least he knew he was gay. If he hadn't been able to tell just from looking and listening to him, his large collection of Elton John CDs and Oscar Wilde first editions did the trick. Sometimes, when he was over at his place, he would think he caught Aziraphale checking him out. He certainly hoped he was. He was trying to go for subtlety when it came to flirting and making his interest known, just in case Aziraphale didn't feel the same and he came off as a creep who hit on his clients. This wasn't a porno. Not that he hadn't imagined what would happen if it were. Aziraphale would tell him he wasn't able to pay because he was all out of money. But, oh, there must be something else he could give him. And, well, it all sort of spiralled from there. He had begun to take very long showers after getting back from Aziraphale's place. 
He was currently sprawled out in his bed, having just woken up from a very good dream that involved laying in the back garden while feeding Aziraphale slices of apple. Aziraphale had smiled at him in the dream like he was the only thing he wanted, and it had felt like coming home. Waking up alone in his bed, just like he did every morning, had left him grumpy. It had been three days since he had last been to Aziraphale's house to fix the curtains in his bedroom after they had fallen off the wall. Maybe today he would accidentally rip the banister off his staircase or break through a back window, and he would call him and he would be able to rush over and be his hero again. Knowing Aziraphale, it wasn't unlikely. At that moment, his phone rang on the bedside table and he scrambled to pick it up, hoping to see Aziraphale's name on the caller ID. No such luck. He growled and answered it on speakerphone. What, witch? Good morning to you two, boss. You have an appointment today in an hour. Make sure you're there on time. I'll send you the address. He flopped back on the bed and rolled his eyes. Yeah, yeah. You say that, but you have been late for four different appointments in the last two weeks. I get that your neighbor is super duper hot, but I need you to do your job today. You know, to pay the bills. Crowley groaned and rubbed a hand over his face. I never said he is hot and he's not my neighbor. Anathema snorted. (laughs) He had better be hot for you to only be charging him a quarter of the actual costs. And he lives literally around the corner from you, so he's your neighbor. Crowley huffed, but smiled to himself. Anathema had no idea. Aziraphale was perfect in pretty much every way, and if he got a call from him, he most certainly would skip an appointment to help him. Whatever, it's my company, I can do what I want. Yes, it's your company, but I run the books and we don't do charity work. Crowley ground his teeth together. It's not charity work. I can fix whoever's shit I want to, and I want to fix his. I'm still getting all my other jobs done. This hasn't hindered that at all. Now leave me alone before I find someone else to do your job that won't be on my back like a nagging mother. Anathema blew a raspberry into the phone. (coughs) You could never replace me. You love me too much. Love is a very strong word. And yet it's true. Now get up and get ready for the day. She hung up, and Crowley remained lying in his bed for several minutes more, just to spite her. By the time he actually dragged himself up, he had to rush through his morning routine in order to be on time to his appointment. It was a simple job, just replacing a medicine cabinet that had fallen down in the bathroom of an elderly woman's home. He was just putting the finishing touches on screwing it to the wall when his phone vibrated. 
Once it was set and he was sure it wasn't going to fall off, he slid his phone out of his pocket and lit up at the picture that popped up on the screen. Aziraphale had let him take one of him once he told him it was for records. It wasn't a lie. He wanted a record in his phone of what the angel looked like, just in case he forgot a detail. He was smiling widely in the picture, with the sunlight from the kitchen window streaming over him. Breathtaking. There was a text from him. 204 Hello, dear. This is Aziraphale. Crowley rolled his eyes. Of course he knew who it was. I'm afraid I may have messed up again. Nothing major this time. One of the shelves built onto the wall in my study fell down while I was in the shower. I may have put too many books onto it. I would try and put it back up myself, but you know I'm hopeless when it comes to this sort of thing. It's not an emergency, so don't worry about rushing over. Whenever you get the time, we'll be fine. Thank you, Aziraphale. Crowley grinned and took a moment to imagine Aziraphale in the shower. It was a fantastic image. He could just picture the way the water would flow over his curves and catch on his lashes. The way his lips would part as he looked up at him, eyes so big and hopeful. Just the picture of innocence and debauchery. He shook the image from his head with a bit of regret and typed out a response. 209 Hey, Angel. It's no problem. Just finishing a job now and we'll head over. Be there on 30. Old Mrs. Jameson paid him in full and gave him a kindly pat on the hand, and then he was out the door and driving back towards his angel. Well, not his angel. He pulled up a few minutes after 2.30. He practically ran up to the door and had to stop and catch his breath before knocking. Didn't want to look like he was out of shape, not if he wanted Aziraphale to picture doing all sorts of physical activities with him. It only took a moment for Aziraphale to answer the door, and then there he was, smiling like the sun. Crowley leaned against the doorframe and tried to give off his most suave vibes. Afternoon, Angel. Hello, Crowley. Thank you for making the time to come help me. I always have time for you, Angel. You know that. A pretty pink blush rose in his cheeks, and Crowley wanted desperately to reach out and touch to feel the heat of his skin beneath his fingers and taste it with his tongue. He forced those thoughts away before his cock could go getting any ideas. You're very sweet, my dear, he said with that bashful little smile he always got when Crowley complimented him. We've been over this. I'm not sweet. I'm honest. 
Aziraphale rolled his eyes as he stepped back to let him in. Yes, but you're being honest about your opinion, and your opinion is sweet. Crowley hid his grin as he walked past. Semantics, Angel. Now, where is this fallen shelf of yours? Aziraphale led him into the study and pointed to a shelf that was lying on the floor near the window. There it is. I came downstairs after my shower this morning, and it was on the floor. Crowley approached it and inspected the shelf for damage. It looks like it's all still in one piece. I may need to reinforce it for you so that it can hold all of your books and doesn't fall on you again. I would appreciate that very much. Um, would you like me to leave the room while you work, or...? Crowley looked over his shoulder at him, then looked at the comfy armchair that was facing towards him. He smiled. No, that's fine. You can just sit there while I fix this up for you. Oh, um, all right. I suppose I will get some reading done. Aziraphale walked over to one of his lower bookshelves and bent to retrieve a book. Crowley had to bite down on his knuckles to stop himself from making a sound at the sight of those tan trousers stretched out over the swell of Aziraphale's arse. His thick thighs looked like they could pin him to the ground and hold him there for as long as the angel wished. God, what he would do to be between them. He had to turn away and close his eyes, praying that his erection wasn't painfully obvious from behind. You do that. Aziraphale settled into the chair and pulled a book into his lap. Crowley turned away and got to work fixing the shelf. It looked like the bolts in the wall had simply given out under too much strain, which wouldn't be a huge issue to fix. He took out his tools and got to work. He measured out the places for the new screws and added an extra one where he would be putting the extra support. The room was quiet except for the scrape and slide of his pencil on the wall and the faint sound of Aziraphale's breathing. Crowley desperately wanted to turn around and see if Aziraphale was watching. Regardless, he would put on a show for him. When he lifted his arms to screw the metal beams into the wall, he felt his shirt ride up, showing off most of his lower back and the outline of his hip bones. It wasn't like Aziraphale could prove he was doing it on purpose. He used his drill to push the screws in, and so what if he put a bit more strain in his shoulders to show off their definition and possibly let Aziraphale think about what else he could drill into? Once the beams were in, he bent over at the waist to lift the shelf. It wasn't exactly light, so he had to grunt and groan a bit to lift it into place. Do you? 
Aziraphale began, and his voice sounded completely raw. Crowley grinned. That was a good sign. Do you need any help? Nah, Crowley said as he slid it into place. Already got it. Once it was safely on, he made a few adjustments. As he did, he chanced a glance over his shoulder. Aziraphale wasn't even pretending to raid. His eyes were slowly and meticulously roaming over the expanse of Crowley's arse and back. There was a flutter in his stomach when he turned away. Well, that confirmed it, at least. Aziraphale was attracted to him as well. He had to bite his lip to stop himself from grinning like an idiot. Once everything was in place, he stepped back. Well, that should do it. You should be able to put as many books on this bad boy as you like. Aziraphale stood and came to stand beside him. It looks wonderful, Crowley. Even better than before. Thank you, my dear. Of course. He glanced at him out of the corner of his eye. So, um, was that all you needed from me today? Hmm? Aziraphale asked, turning to him. I believe so. Nothing else has broken yet today. Crowley raised an eyebrow and tilted his head. You sure? Nothing else here I need to screw? He didn't miss the way Aziraphale's eyes widened and his face flushed with heat. I, um, no, not that I can think of. They stood there, staring at each other for a long moment before Crowley shrugged. All right then, I suppose I'll be going. He picked up his tools and put them back on his belt, before turning back to Aziraphale. But if you think of anything at all around here that needs my attention, feel free to call me at any hour. I'll be here. He watched the gentle bob of Aziraphale's throat as he swallowed. Well do, dear. If I... If I think of anything, you'll be the first to know. Well, I would sure hope so. I would be terribly disappointed to find out you have another handyman waiting in the wing. Oh, no, certainly not. There's nobody else but you. Crowley smiled gently. Good. There was a moment where Crowley thought Aziraphale might reach out might finally touch him. But then Aziraphale blinked, and the moment passed. Ah, yes, well, I should let you go. I'm sure you're very busy. Crowley shrugged as he followed him to the door, pushing back his disappointment. Uh, that's the beauty of owning your own company. I get to decide how many people I see each day. 
Aziraphale's eyes sparkled. Then I count myself among the lucky. I hope to see you soon, my dear. Crowley turned back once more, just outside the threshold. I hope so too, Angel. It wasn't until later, when Crowley was safely in the confines of his own home, that he let himself think about the hungry way Aziraphale's eyes had devoured him. He had looked like he wanted to bend him over the sofa and take him right there. If he had, Crowley wouldn't have complained. No, not at all. He was almost desperate for it. Desperate for the feel of Aziraphale's hands on his bare skin and those soft, pink lips to press against his own. Though he normally kept an air of professionalism with all clients, if Aziraphale initiated something, there was no way he would be able to deny him. Even if all Aziraphale wanted was a quick fuck with the local handyman, he would take it. Even if all of this was only an erotic fantasy for Aziraphale and nothing more, nothing deeper, Crowley would grasp at it with eager and grateful hands. Even if that's not all this was for Crowley. He had never felt like this before. He didn't want just one quick screw over a kitchen table, though the thought was very endearing. He wanted to wake up in the morning with Aziraphale beside him. He wanted to learn how Aziraphale liked his eggs and which tunes he hummed in the shower. He wanted Aziraphale to look at him like he was worthy. But that was a lot much more than he could ever hope for. So if Aziraphale asked him for his body, he would give it more than willingly. He would give and give and give whatever Aziraphale would take, and he would say thank you because an angel had never looked at him before. Not like that. And Aziraphale was so sweet and kind and gracious and caring. It seemed as though he had been mistreated for most of his life, taught to think he was unworthy of the things he wanted. But he deserved to have whatever his heart desired, whether that be cookies or books or Crowley. God, he was being pathetic, wasn't he? throwing himself at the first beautiful man who smiled at him and treated him like he was special. Oh, well, he was past caring about that sort of thing. All he knew was that Aziraphale would have to be the one to initiate anything. Crowley wouldn't risk scaring the angel away or giving him the wrong idea. No, if Aziraphale wanted him... He was going to have to do something about it.
Everything But The Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Chapter 4 Aziraphale should have been having a wonderful day. The weather was lovely, the sun was shining bright in the sky, and the flowers in the back garden were blooming beautifully. And yet, he couldn't help but feel discontent. He knew the reason, even if he really didn't want to think about it too hard. He hadn't called Crowley over to help him in six days. After the shelf incident, he had begun to feel a bit like he was being too obvious and possibly creepy. He hadn't meant to stare so openly. But could anyone really blame him when Crowley looked like that? The way his back had stretched when he had lifted the shelf and the sounds he had made. God, it had gone straight to his cock. It made him wonder what sounds he would make if he dropped to his knees in front of him and took him into his mouth. Would he throw his head back and dig his fingers into his hair, thrusting his hips to slide deeper into the warmth of Aziraphale's mouth? The thoughts made him a bit light-headed. He was pacing now, back and forth within his kitchen. He wanted so badly to text Crowley and ask him to come over. Perhaps he could even ask him to do something other than fix his house. He could ask him to lunch or even just out for coffee, but no. He couldn't possibly do that because if he did and Crowley wasn't interested in him, he would lose him completely and that would just break his heart. So instead, he would suffer in silence. He forced himself to stop pacing and took a deep breath. He was being ridiculous. He couldn't let this crush completely take over his life. What he needed was to clear his head and get some fresh air. Yes, a walk would be just the ticket. Perhaps he could even walk down to that horse pasture he had seen. Horses were supposed to be calming, weren't they? He wouldn't know, as he had never met one. He pulled on his best walking shoes and set out of the house, locking the door behind him. There was a light breeze that blew his hair away from his face, and it seemed that in every tree there was a bird that was singing. Yes, this had been the right choice. He smiled and hummed to himself as he made his way down the road and then around the corner at the end. He hadn't yet walked this way, as it was in the opposite direction as the shops, but he might as well get to know the area. All of the houses here were lovely, with little picket fences and neat little gardens. He had finally, for a moment, 
forgotten Crowley. That is, until he saw a very familiar classic automobile parked in the driveway of one of the houses. He stopped and stared at it. Was Crowley perhaps doing some work in this house? But then he heard singing coming from the back garden, and he knew that voice. Even though he had never heard him sing before, he knew that tone. Before he could think better of it, he found himself walking up to the back gate. He had to stand on his tiptoes to look over, but when he did, he saw the most wonderful sight. Crowley was on his knees in the dirt, his hands dug deep into the soil and a smile on his face. Aziraphale had only ever seen him in black, but today he was wearing a white tank top with sunflowers of all things printed across it. His hair was in a low bun at his neck and he wore a wide brim sun hat to protect his already freckled shoulders and face. The sight took Aziraphale's breath away. And on top of that, he was singing along to a song that sounded quite familiar. Ooh, love, ooh, love, boy, what you doing tonight, hey boy? Set my alarm, turn on my charm, that's because I'm a good old-fashioned lover boy. Aziraphale barely stifled a giggle. Ha, hello, Crowley. Crowley yelped and fell back on his arse. Jesus Christ! He turned and saw Aziraphale watching him over the top of the fence. It only now occurred to Aziraphale that this looked like a very creepy thing to be doing. Angel, what the hell? You scared the shit out of me. Aziraphale flushed and looked down. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, my dear. That wasn't very smart of me, was it? Crowley climbed to his feet and wiped his hands off on his trousers. No, no, you're fine. I just... Wait, how did you find me here? Aziraphale's face warmed even more. Oh, God, Crowley was going to think he was stalking him. I wasn't looking for you, he said defensively. Crowley snorted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you had. I doubt you would have known how to, even if you wanted to. Don't think I haven't heard you call it the Google. Aziraphale pressed his lips together. Yes, well, I really wasn't trying to find you. I was on a walk and I happened to see your car parked in the driveway. And then I heard you singing and my curiosity got the better of me. I am sorry, that's no excuse for invading your privacy. Crowley waved a hand and grinned. You're fine. I do have a fantastic singing voice. Aziraphale laughed heartily, tilting his back towards the sun. When he looked back, 
Crowley's smile had softened. That you do, my dear. They stared at each other for a moment, and then Aziraphale shook himself. Right, well, I'll leave you to your gardening then. I won't keep you. Aziraphale began to turn away, but Crowley's voice stopped him. You can. Frowning, he turned back. Sorry, what was that, dear? Crowley's face looked rather red now beneath the brim of his hat. He scratched the back of his neck. You can stay, if you want. Would you like to come in for a glass of lemonade? Aziraphale lit up. Oh, oh well, yes, I would like that very much. He unlatched the gate and walked into the backyard. It was a beautiful space, filled with flowers of all colours, and the back fence was lined with apple trees. He bent down beside one of the bushes and inhaled, taking in the floral scent. Oh, Crowley, these flowers are marvellous! You must put so much hard work into them! Crowley ducked his head and smiled shyly. You think so? Of course I do. You're a very talented person to be a handyman and such an accomplished gardener. Crowley shrugged and turned away, leading Aziraphale into the house. Uh, it's not that impressive. Oh, stop being modest. It's all right to accept compliments. The inside of the house looked roughly the same size as Aziraphale's, though it was much more sparsely decorated. Where Aziraphale's walls were completely covered with bookshelves, Crowley's were mostly open, with a few shelves and knickknacks here and there. All of his furniture also had a very personalized feel. He ran his hand over the kitchen table, which was made of dark wood and had intricately carved snakes that wrapped down the legs of it. This is a beautiful table. Crowley glanced over his shoulder as he opened the fridge. Oh yeah, I made that two years ago. Aziraphale's mouth fell open. You made this? Yep, Crowley said, popping the pea. Made most of the furniture in this house. Goodness, Aziraphale breathed. Impressive indeed. Crowley shrugged again and turned to hand him his glass of lemonade. I'm just good with my hands. Oh, Good Lord! He didn't need that visual in his head right now, not while he was standing right in front of Crowley. He took the offered glass and sipped from it, trying to hide his blush. Yes, I had gathered that. Crowley dropped into a chair at the table and Aziraphale followed suit, not wanting to look like a weirdo by standing in the middle of the room. 
So I didn't realize we lived so close to each other. You never mentioned that you lived just around the corner. Oh, uh, yeah, it never really came up. Mm, no, I suppose not. Have you lived here long? Crowley leaned his chair back on two legs. I moved in here three years ago. Came from the city as well. Started up my business not long after. Ah, so quite similar to me then. Any reason for leaving the city? Nah, just got tired of it. Got sick of working for shitty landlords and breathing in smog. This place was my aunt's until she left it to me when she died, so I just picked up and moved out here. Aziraphale tilted his head. Didn't you miss the friends and family you left behind? Crowley looked away, out the window. Nope, didn't have many friends, and my family is mostly gone. I had ended my last relationship a year earlier. He was a prick, so I didn't mind leaving him either. Aziraphale's ears perked up. Him? Well, that was something, wasn't it? So, not straight then. He took a sip of his drink, not wanting to let on that he was interested in that tidbit of information. Did he not end amicably? Crowley snorted. <laughs> Unfortunately not. We got into a screaming match that got the police call on us. He wanted me to pursue a career that would go somewhere. Said he didn't want to be stuck with someone who was going to be a low-class, blue-collar worker his whole life. I told him that he could take his pompous ass and get the fuck out of my life then. Aziraphale scowled. Well, good riddance. You deserve so much more than someone who will disparage you for having a perfectly lovely career. I think what you do is amazing, and if anything, you deserve far more recognition. I know I would have been lost without you. Crowley looked away, but he saw the smile he was trying to hide. Don't know about all that. I'm sure you would have hired another perfectly acceptable handyman. Perhaps, but I doubt I would like him half as much as I do you. Crowley looked up then, and his golden eyes bore into his own, suddenly piercing and intense. Azira felt swallowed, but maintained the eye contact. He wanted Crowley to know he meant it. When Crowley spoke, his tone was low. I'm glad you didn't hire another handyman. Aziraphale's breath caught in his chest. Are you? Yeah, I am. I don't like picturing another man in your house fixing your problems. I like being the one to do that. Was it getting much warmer in here, or was it just Aziraphale? He resisted the urge to reach up and loosen his collar. He knew his eyes were wide as he took in the earnest look Crowley was giving him. 
I admit, I like it as well. You do such a wonderful job. I doubt another man could compare. A small smile pulled at Crowley's lips. Is that so? Aziraphale nodded. Oh, yes. You're quite singular in your perfection, my dear. Now it was Crowley's eyes that widened, his lips parting slightly. The intensity of the situation suddenly became too much for Aziraphale. He gulped down the rest of his lemonade and stood, walking to the sink to rinse the glass. He filled it with water and began to scrub it with the sponge that was on the counter, but suddenly there was a hand over his own. Aziraphale caught his breath as Crowley took the glass out of his hand and put it on the counter. He could feel the heat from Crowley's chest radiating into his back. He turned his head to see Crowley standing just behind him, those beautiful eyes on him and something like hunger burning within. Aziraphale knew his breathing was ragged as he stared back. All he wanted in that moment was to lean forward and press his lips to Crowley's. What do you want, Angel? What can I do for you? Aziraphale felt himself leaning forward. Hi. A shrill ring made Aziraphale's heart leap into his throat. Crowley jumped nearly a foot as well, cursing loudly. Aziraphale took several steps away from Crowley as he dragged his phone out of his pocket. Whoever the fuck is calling me is going to wish they were... He glared at the phone and then threw it onto the counter. Fucking anathema. Right, yes, well, I'll, um, I'll just be going then, shall I? Crowley frowned, looking a bit hurt. Angel. It's all right, I do need to go home. I, um, I left a roast in the oven. He hadn't left a roast in the oven, but at that moment he felt a bit panicked. What had he been about to do? Was he going to kiss Crowley? It all seemed terribly sudden and confusing, and he had to get out of there before his muddled brain made him do something he would regret. Crowley was still standing in the middle of the kitchen as he practically ran out the front door. Shit, 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 Crowley cried, pacing around his kitchen. He dug his hands into his hair and pulled, trying to calm himself. He had just royally fucked up. 
He had thought he was doing what Aziraphale wanted, and for a moment it had really seemed like Aziraphale was going to kiss him. But then that fucking phone call had ruined everything. Aziraphale had panicked and run out like the house was on fire, and now he was probably back at his home thinking Crowley was a creep for coming on so strong. His phone rang again, and it took everything in him not to throw it out the damn window. He picked it up and answered it with a snarl. What the fuck do you want? There was a long moment of silence on the other end. Um, bad time, boss? He squeezed his eyes shut. Yeah, you could say that. I was a second away from kissing the man of my dreams and your phone call scared him off. Anathema was silent for another moment. Well, if a phone call scared him off, then perhaps kissing him right now wouldn't have been the best choice. Crowley let out a deep breath and pinched the bridge of his nose. Anathema was right. He had been the one to mess up. He had obviously moved too fast. He had played his hand and had lost. He dropped down into a chair. You're right. Sorry for yelling. It's okay, I get it. Maybe give it a day and try calling him. Ask him out of something, you know, instead of just flirting through manual labor. Crowley scrunched up his nose. What if Aziraphale didn't want that? He couldn't risk pushing him away even more. But he didn't want to argue with Anathema about that right at this moment. Yeah, maybe. Was there a reason you were calling? I just wanted to invite you to dinner with me and Newt tonight. I'm making lasagna. He smiled a little. Thanks, Anna, but I'll pass tonight. Think I'll just order in. He heard her sigh. <sighs> All right, fine. But I'm only letting you get out of it this time because I feel bad for scaring your dream boy away. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, sure, Anna. He hung up and dropped his head onto the table. He had to figure out a way to fix this. But what could he say? Hey, Angel, I know I backed you up against the sink in my kitchen and insinuated that I want to kiss you, but could we forget about that? That is, if you want to forget about it, because it kind of seemed like you wanted to kiss me back. If you do, could you give me some sort of sign, please? He shook his head. Aziraphale got ready for bed that night with his head spinning in a million directions. He was ashamed and embarrassed for just running out on Crowley like that earlier.
he could have at least stayed and talked about it. Instead, he had panicked and fled like a coward. What must Crowley think of him? And had Crowley been about to kiss him? He had been so close, and he was sure that had been hunger in his eyes. Just the thought of Crowley being attracted to him seemed unbelievable, but he knew what he had seen. What could he do now, though? He didn't want to call him to fix something for him again, not after that. They couldn't pretend like nothing had happened. What if Crowley thought he was just trying to use him? He climbed into bed, but didn't shut off the light. He rarely went to bed at a reasonable hour, and it was only a little after 11.30 at the moment. He picked up the book on his bedside table, but didn't immediately open it. His mind was too full. If Crowley had wanted to kiss him, what should he do now? He supposed he could call him and ask him to do something other than help him. He could ask him to dinner tomorrow night. Even if he said no, it would help to clear the air. He sighed. It wasn't much of a plan, but it was something. He opened his book and forced himself to concentrate on the fictional world for a little while. It was nearly an hour later that his stomach began to grumble, urging him to put the book down and go downstairs in seek of a snack. As he made his way down the creaking stairs, he thought of his plan some more. Tomorrow afternoon, he would call Crowley up and ask him if he wanted to join him at the local pub for dinner and drinks. Yes, nothing too romantic about that. Friends ate dinner together at pubs all the time. If Crowley wanted it to be more romantic, well, he could make that known. It was the best he could come up with. What he did know was that he would not be calling him just to be his handyman anymore. He walked into his kitchen and began to put together a snack plate when a strange noise caught his attention. He tilted his head and listened. It was coming from the basement. How odd! He didn't have anything down there besides some old boxes of junk. He walked to the basement door and opened it before switching on the light gasped. At the bottom of the stairs was at least a foot of water, and from where he was standing, he could see that a pipe in the floor was gushing water into the small space. Well, shit. There went that plan.
Everything But The Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Chapter 5 Aziraphale stood in the front room, gripping his housecoat tightly around himself. He felt horrible for calling Crowley at this late hour, but he didn't know what else to do. If he left the pipe, it would flood the whole house. He had been able to tell that he had woken Crowley up from sleep based on the groggy way he had answered the phone. But as soon as he had heard Aziraphale's slightly panicked tone, all traces of sleep had left his voice. He had said he would be over in twenty minutes, but when Crowley pulled up, it had been barely fifteen. Aziraphale opened the door as Crowley got out of the car. Hello, dear, he called across the lawn. I'm so sorry for calling at this late hour. If I knew anyone else who could help me, I wouldn't bother you. I've told you before, Angel, and I'll tell you again. You're not bothering me. Aziraphale chewed his lip as Crowley walked past him and into the house without waiting to be invited in. Yes, but it is nearly one in the morning. I know I woke you up. Uh, barely. I had just laid down. Aziraphale doubted that, but didn't argue. He led him to the door of the basement. It's down there. There's water everywhere. Crowley flicked on the light and whistled. Ooh, yeah, burst pipe, and it's coming in fast. The water did look higher than it was before, already reaching the second step. Oh dear, can you fix it? Crowley snorted and threw a grin at him. <laughs> of course I can fix it. What sort of handyman would I be if I couldn't? Aziraphale grumbled under his breath. Well, I don't know anything about fixing pipes. Crowley ignored him. Do you know where the shutoff for the water is? Aziraphale grimaced and pointed. I believe it's down there. Yep, that's what I figured. Oh well, I don't mind getting a bit wet. Aziraphale watched as he stomped down the stairs and splashed into the water. It was already up to his knees, and as he waded into it, it splashed up on him even more. Aziraphale crept down the stairs and stood halfway up so he could watch. Crowley made his way over to the panel on the wall that held several levers. It only took Crowley a moment of looking over the labels beside each handle to grab the right one and pull. Immediately, the water stopped gushing from the floor. Aziraphale sighed in relief. Crowley turned and began to make his way back towards him. We'll have to wait until tomorrow so I can bring my pump over and get all of this water out. 
then I can work on fixing that pipe. Aziraphale blinked. Wait, so that was all that needed to be done? Crowley, you could have just told me over the phone and I could have done it myself. Crowley grinned. Nah, it's fine. Besides, I didn't want you getting all wet. Crowley was promptly cut off as his foot seemed to catch in something beneath the water and he went flailing downward. Aziraphale gasped and leapt up, rushing down the stairs and splashing into the water. Crowley, oh my goodness, are you all right? Crowley sat up, sputtering and spitting out water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Just watch out, there are things under the... Aziraphale's foot stepped into something and he lost his balance as well, falling down just in front of Crowley. Water. Crowley finished lamely. Aziraphale sat up and wiped the water out of his eyes. They stared at each other for several moments, and then they began to laugh. They both looked ridiculous, dripping wet and soaked through to the bone. Aziraphale managed to stand first and held out his hand for Crowley to take. Crowley was quite light, and he pulled him to his feet with no trouble at all. Come on, dear, I have some towels we can use upstairs. They both climbed up the steps into the kitchen. Aziraphale was dripping all over the floor, so he shucked off his housecoat and threw it onto the tile with a flop. His thin undershirt and pajama bottoms stuck to his skin and were a bit more transparent than he would like, but at least they wouldn't soak the carpet. He didn't look back at Crowley as he made his way to the stairs, but he heard him following. Aziraphale made his way into the bedroom, where he kept all of his towels in the linen closet. He selected his fluffiest white towel for Crowley. Now you can change out of those clothes if you wish in the bathroom. I don't have anything that will fit you, but I have a jumper or two that will at least keep you warm while you make your way home. You'll swim in them, but... Aziraphale turned towards Crowley with the towel held out, but froze when he saw the look on his face. His golden eyes were moving down the expanse of Aziraphale's chest, and there was no mistaking the hunger that there was now. Aziraphale knew Crowley could see everything through the wet t-shirt, every bulge and line. But Crowley didn't look put off by his softness. No, he looked like he wanted to devour him. And for Crowley's part, his clothes weren't hiding much more. His black t-shirt clung to him and his wet waves were dripping all over his face and neck, leaving a trail that Aziraphale's eyes couldn't help but follow. He swallowed hard and tried to make a joke. I, 
I must look like an absolute disaster right now. A bit like a drowned poodle. Crowley's eyes lifted to meet his. No, Angel, you look beautiful. The towel dropped from his hand, landing in between them, and it was like a dam breaking free. Crowley surged towards him, pressing him back against the wall and grasping his face in his hands. Aziraphale let out a whimper as Crowley's mouth found his, his lips slotting against him like they belonged there. He tasted of warm cinnamon and coffee, an intoxicating mixture that had Aziraphale's tongue sliding in for more. Crowley moaned low in his throat, and the sound went right to Aziraphale's cock. He had imagined doing this so many times, he couldn't believe it was actually happening now. He slid his hands up into Crowley's wet hair and tugged down as he ground his body up. He could feel Crowley's erection against his thigh, could feel how badly he wanted this. He knew Crowley could feel his as well, aching and hard and pressing through the damp material of his sleep trousers. Crowley bit at his lip, tugging lightly, and then moved his mouth to press kisses and bites along his jaw and throat. God, Angel, I've wanted you for so long. So fucking long. Looking like a damn miracle every single day. Smiling at me like I matter to you. Aziraphale grasped at his back as his teeth dug into the sensitive skin of his throat. You do matter to me, darling. You're so very handsome and clever and kind. How could you not? How? Oh. Crowley moaned and nuzzled against him. What do you want, Angel? Whatever it is, I'll give it to you. Anything at all. Tell me, please. Aziraphale tried to catch his breath as Crowley placed a particularly hard suck against his pulse. His mind was somehow both racing and completely blank. What did he want? How was he supposed to know when Crowley was touching him like this? I... I just... You! Just you! Now it was Crowley who whimpered as he pushed his body flush against Aziraphale's, moving his mouth back to his. You already have me, Angel. I'm right here. Aziraphale moved his hands down to grip at Crowley's wet shirt and tugged, trying to get the wet material off his body. Crowley stepped back, and Aziraphale nearly cried out at the loss of contact. But it was almost worth it to see Crowley dragging the shirt up and off, tossing it to the floor. Finally, 
Aziraphale could see his chest completely uninterrupted. Even though he was thin, there was a clear definition of muscles just beneath his beautifully freckled skin. Aziraphale smiled. Stunning, my dear. Crowley grinned and darted forward once more, his hands now pulling at Aziraphale's undershirt. Your turn, Angel. Please, I want to see you. And oh, he couldn't deny him when he was begging so beautifully. He let Crowley help him to pull the shirt over his head and then discarded it in the same wet heap as Crowley's. Crowley stepped back slightly so that he could look at him. He ran those clever fingers down over his chest and Aziraphale couldn't help but to shiver when he dug them into the flesh at his hips. Fuck, Angel, I've wanted to do this since I first laid eyes on you. Aziraphale's eyes widened. You have? Oh yeah, you couldn't tell. I thought I was being super obvious. Couldn't keep my damn eyes off you when you were in the room. Aziraphale smiled. Then I believe we were very much in the same boat. I was nearly out of my mind with desire watching you fix that shelf. Crowley's eyes glinted with mischief. Oh yeah? Like watching me fix things, do you? Oh yes. Aziraphale breathed. You have lovely hands. Crowley hummed and stepped back into his space, trailing his fingers softly downwards over his skin, not stopping until he could grasp his aching erection through his pants. Would you like to see what else those lovely hands can do? Please, Crowley. Very suddenly, Crowley was on his knees in front of him and his hands were on his waistband. Aziraphale sucked in a breath as Crowley looked up and met his eye and then his pyjamas and pants were at his ankles. Despite the cold chill of the room, his cock was still achingly hard. Crowley stared at it for a moment, his fingers reaching up to caress along the shaft. Aziraphale dropped his head back against the wall and bit his lip. He almost closed his eyes, but resisted the temptation. He didn't want to miss this sight. He hadn't slept with anyone in nearly five years, and it had been longer than that since he had received a blowjob. Crowley's tongue darted out and licked the drops of precum that had gathered on the tip, drawing a strangled cry from Aziraphale. Crowley only grinned. He wrapped his hand around the base and made a show of licking all the way from root to tip, and then sucked the head into his mouth. 
It took everything in Aziraphale to not start thrusting when Crowley slid him more into his mouth and began to suck and lick with that wicked tongue. Strike what he had thought earlier. He had never had a blowjob that felt like this before. Crowley was a master of his mouth. The warmth and heat was maddening and awakening a long-buried side of him. The men he had been with in the past decade all took one look at him and made a few assumptions about him. Assumptions that were not totally accurate. And he knew from looking at Crowley that men probably made assumptions about him as well. Assumptions that, based on the way he was taking his cock so hungrily right now, were probably also false. He slid one hand down into Crowley's hair and gripped it tightly, eliciting a moan from the mouth currently wrapped around his cock. Look at you, my dear. You look so pretty on your knees for me with that wicked mouth around my cock. Do you like the feel of me in your mouth? He saw surprise flash across Crowley's face for a moment. Then his eyes slid half shut and he hummed in assent as Aziraphale guided his head forward to take him all the way into his mouth. Aziraphale wasn't small, and Crowley choked a little as he slid into his throat. Oh, I knew you would. I knew you would want to be good for me. And you're so very good. Your throat feels divine, my dear, so perfect for me. It feels as though your mouth was made for my cock. Crowley was now moaning in a constant stream of unbroken sounds, and Aziraphale picked up the pace, sliding out and back in in a constant rhythm. Every time he slid all the way in, Crowley would gag around him, and the visual was enough to push Aziraphale to the brink. The sounds you make are enough to make me come, my dear. Oh, do you want that? Do you want me to come in that pretty mouth so you can swallow me up? Can you take it all? Crowley moaned loudly and reached up to grab at his hips, pulling him deeper into his throat. Aziraphale's hand tightened and he threw his head back as he came. He felt himself flood Crowley's mouth and throat, and true to his word, he swallowed everything with ease. By the time Crowley pulled off, Aziraphale had sagged against the wall and was trying to catch his breath. Even though he had just come, he was still half-hard. It had been a while, and he wasn't going to be satisfied with only coming once tonight. He gripped Crowley by the back of his head and pulled him up so that he could claim his mouth once more. 
The taste of himself on Crowley's lips made his cock begin to stiffen further. Fuck, Angel, where did you learn to talk like that? He grinned and raised an eyebrow. I think there is a great deal that you still don't know about me, my dear. Would you like to learn? Crowley shivered in his arms. Yes, please. He ran a thumb down his jaw. Then get on the bed and take these pants off. Crowley practically ran to comply. It took a bit of effort to get the trousers off, what with them already being unbearably tight and now wet, but he finally managed it and scrambled backwards onto Aziraphale's tartan bedsheets. Aziraphale kicked his pyjama bottoms away from his ankles and climbed up after him. Seeing Crowley like this, laid out and bare in front of him, felt like every fantasy finally coming true. In the low light of the bedside lamp, he could see every freckle and mark on his glorious body. His cock was long and perfect, the ideal width to grasp in his hand, which he now did. He stroked him a few times, running his thumb over the slit and twisting his wrist on the upstroke. Crowley watched him with half-lidded eyes, and Hazira felt sore that he was shaking a bit. Are you cold, my dear? He shook his head. No, Angel, I'm not. Azira fell surged up and kissed him again, keeping his hand wrapped around his cock. You look so lovely like this, my darling. So vulnerable for me. What do you want? How do you like it? Crowley swallowed and nuzzled against his neck, before taking his earlobe in his mouth and biting. I want you to fuck me like you've never fucked anyone else before. I want you inside me. I want to feel your cock as you take me, and I want you to make me scream your name. Now it was Aziraphale's turn to shiver. Apparently, he wasn't the only one with a filthy mouth on him. He slid his own cock up against Crowley's, and they both moaned. Good. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. He moved away so that he could slide open his bedside drawer and pulled out the bottle of lube. He paused when he realized he didn't have any condoms. I haven't got anything, Crowley said. I haven't been with anyone since I moved here, and I was tested last year. Aziraphale smiled. Same. Good. Now that we've got that settled, hurry up and fuck me. Aziraphale nipped at his shoulder. Bossy! But he did as requested and popped open the bottle of lube. 
He slicked his fingers and then brought one down to rub at the tight ring of muscle. Crowley tensed and jumped a little, but relaxed as he continued to put gentle pressure against him. Crowley whimpered when he finally breached him. Azira felt slid into the first knuckle and worked at slowly opening him up. He was so tight and warm, and Aziraphale would be lying if he said he wasn't eager to feel him wrapped around his cock. Once he was sufficiently loosed from one finger, he slid in another. Crowley moaned loudly as Aziraphale began to finger-fuck him with more force. He scissored his fingers to open him more, and when he crooked his fingers and hit that bundle of nerves, Crowley cried out. There you go, my darling. Look at you, opening up so well for me. You're so tight, but I know you want to be filled, don't you? Yes, yes, please, Aziraphale. All right, don't fret. Can you take another finger? Yes, whatever you give I can take. More. Aziraphale obliged and pushed in a third finger, stretching him even wider. Crowley had begun to rock his hips and his cock was leaking against his stomach. His teeth were digging into his bottom lip so hard Aziraphale was sure it was going to leave an indent. Can you take more, my darling? Are you ready for me? Yes, please, I'm ready. I want your cock inside me, please. I need you, angel. Aziraphale slid his fingers out of him and made quick work of slicking his cock with the rest of the lube. He slid in between his thighs and lined himself up, rubbing the tip of his leaking cock against Crowley's still gaping hole. Crowley whined and tossed his head. Don't tease, Aziraphale. Please, just fuck! Aziraphale pushed in, shoving in past the initial pressure and tightness at the entrance. Even though he had worked him open and loosened him, he was still bigger than his three fingers. Aziraphale closed his eyes and forced himself to concentrate as he slid in further. Crowley was unbelievably tight. He moaned in one unbroken syllable as he pushed all the way in until he was seated fully. Crowley's nails dug into Aziraphale's shoulder. Holy fuck, Aziraphale, you're so big. God, you fill me up so well. Aziraphale moaned and then slowly began to move. He started with shallow, slow thrusts, but quickly picked up the pace. He looked down at the place where they were joined and couldn't help but curse as he fucked into him.
Crowley, you're so tight. But look at you, taking me all the way in like a good boy. I love the way you're stretched around me. Oh, I wish you could see the way you're taking my cock. Zeraphel, oh fuck, yes, like that, faster. Aziraphale picked up the pace, the room filling with the sound of skin slapping against skin. The bed was rocking hard enough to hit against the wall, and Crowley's cock was bouncing between them. Aziraphale took it in his hand and began to pump. Do you like that? Do you like the way I fuck you? Yes, fuck yes. Did you want me to do this sooner? Did you want me to drag you from beneath the sink that first day and take you right there on the kitchen floor? Oh my god, Aziraphale, yes, I did. Aziraphale hummed, his hips hammering into him now. Oh, me too. I wanted to fuck you on every surface of this house. I saw you tempting me with those devious hips, you wicked boy. God, yes, I am wicked. Aziraphale leaned forward and bit at his neck. Do you need to be punished? Crowley cried out as he slammed against his prostate again and again. Yes, punish me, angel. Teach me a lesson for being so wicked. Aziraphale grinned. Perhaps next time, but for now. He twisted his wrist as he stroked upwards at the same time as the head of his cock hit his prostate. Crowley screamed Aziraphale's name as he came, chanting it like a mantra. Aziraphale followed him over when Crowley tightened impossibly around him. He thrust a couple more times and then collapsed, rolling over onto his back beside Crowley. For several moments, there was nothing but the sound of heavy breathing as they came down from their orgasms. Crowley gathered his wits first. That was unexpected. Aziraphale chuckled. <laughs> In what way? Well, for one thing... I didn't know an angel could say such filthy things. Aziraphale preened and wiggled a bit. I'm only an angel in some things. Crowley let out a surprised laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm figuring that out. That was fucking incredible. Aziraphale reached up to cart his fingers through his hair. I'm glad you think so. I agree that it was quite spectacular. He snorted. <laughs> How can you still sound so prim and proper after that? I do have standards, dear boy. 
Crowley rolled onto his side so that he could look at him. Do I meet those standards? Aziraphale raised his eyebrows. If after all that you still need to ask, perhaps I did not do my job properly. Hmm, perhaps I need another demonstration. Aziraphale chuckled. <laughs> oh, do you now? Slow learner? Glacial, Crowley said with a smirk. Ask any of my former teachers, and they'll tell you it took at least eight or nine lessons before I got anything. Aziraphale ran his thumb over Crowley's lips. Well, I've always loved a good challenge, if it's worth it. And I must say, my dear, I think you are more than worth it. Crowley's grin widened as Aziraphale rolled away to retrieve a wet cloth to wipe them off. It wouldn't do to get the bed sticky. He returned and climbed onto the bed, wiping Crowley down with all the care and gentleness he deserved. Crowley watched him the entire time. When Aziraphale finally settled down beside him, Crowley squirmed so that he could curl up against him. Do you want me to go home, Angel? I can always come back tomorrow to dry out the basement for you. Aziraphale frowned. Don't be ridiculous, darling. It's quite late and your clothes are still wet. You can stay here with me tonight. But then a thought occurred to him. That is, unless you don't want to. If that was all you wanted, and now you wish to return home, obviously you may... No, Crowley said quickly. I mean, no, I want to stay here with you. Aziraphale smiled warmly down at him. Good, that's what I want as well. He settled back on the bed, and then looked up at the wall. Oh dear! Crowley lifted his head, a small frown on his face. What is it? I think we may have chipped the paint on the wall behind the headboard. A white grin spread across Crowley's face. Well then, it's a good thing you know a handyman who can fix that for you. Everything But the Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Chapter 6
the heavy box thunked upon the ground like an exclamation point to the end of a sentence. Azzy Raphael grinned as he looked around the living room, offset with colour from the mid-afternoon sun and heavy with dust particles. The room was filled with brown cardboard boxes, some open to show their hodgepodge of possessions. It was a large living room, larger than the last, due to the necessity for more space with twice the furniture to fill it. Well, all right, maybe not twice. They'd both had to give up some of their things to accommodate. It wasn't as though they needed two sofas. Because this wasn't just his home. No, this house was theirs. Aziraphel breathed in deeply. The faint smell of paint and wood varnish lingering behind the scent of fresh flowers and cut grass that drifted through the open window. It smelled like home. The sound of grunts and cursing made him turn to see Crowley's lean form wrestling an overly large box through the front door before dropping it onto the floor. Crowley! Be careful, my books are in there. You don't say? I never would have guessed, seeing as it weighs the same as the Bentley. Aziraphale rolled his eyes and walked to the box. You're an absolute drama queen, did you know that? Crowley mumbled something under his breath, but was stopped when Aziraphale leaned forward and pecked a kiss against his lips. A small, reluctant smile curled the edges of his lips. Only when it calls for it. But you're moving the rest of these boxes. Nearly broke my back in half. Aziraphale shook his head. Yes, very well. I wouldn't want to offend your delicate sensibilities. Crowley opened his mouth no doubt to toss out a sarcastic comment, but was stopped in his tracks by the sight of Aziraphale easily lifting the box and carrying it through to the kitchen. Crowley followed, eyes on the stretch of cotton around Aziraphale's biceps. Show off, he muttered. Aziraphale cast a smug smirk over his shoulder. Like you aren't. Don't think I didn't know what you were doing while we viewed houses. You looked like a madman, shaking doors and wiggling pipes, then spouting off all sorts of nonsense. It wasn't nonsense, Crowley cried. Structural safety is no laughing matter. Yes, yes, I know. Besides, Crowley said, pulling a tape measure from who knows where. I still think this house could use some improvements. Aziraphale leaned against the table with a fond smile, watching as Crowley got onto the floor in the doorway to check the width of the frame. What a ridiculous man! God, he loved him! Darling, 
Not that I couldn't watch you inspect this house for hours, but I would like to get at least a few of the boxes unpacked. At least the kitchen. Crowley scowled at the edge of the doorframe and gave it a hard shake. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm coming. He swaggered his way over to one of the boxes and pulled it open, peering in. He glanced up with lips pressed together. Angel, this is just more books. What? But that one's labeled kitchen. Yeah, well, unless you plan on eating off this first edition wild, I think you labeled them wrong. Aziraphale looked in and, sure enough, books. Oh dear, this might be a problem. I must have gotten distracted while labeling. A grin crept up Crowley's face. What could have possibly distracted you, Angel? He huffed as he walked to another box. Oh, like you don't know, you wily demon. Crowley cackled and hopped up onto the counter. What can I say, Angel? It's what you get for packing in nothing but an undershirt. Practically demands me to worship on my knees. Aziraphale tried very hard not to smile. How devout of you. Yeah, well, if I can't be devoted to my husband, who can I be to? You could have shown a bit more self-control. He opened another box. Oh, good lord, more books. You know self-control and I don't exactly get along. Besides, you could have stopped me at any time, but I don't remember you putting up much of a fight. Aziraphale ignored him, placing his hands on his hips and looking around at the boxes piled up. Really, my dear, are you going to sit there the whole night and argue, or are you going to help me? One of these boxes has to have the kitchen stuff. It's fine, Angel, we'll figure it out later. He would never admit it out loud, but Aziraphale was pouting. But I'm hungry. Crowley chuckled as he climbed off the counter and approached, wrapping his arms around Aziraphale's chest. Then I'll have some food delivered. He immediately lit up. Oh, would you? You know I would. Crowley said with a fond roll of his eyes. Aziraphale wiggled a bit. Oh, good. I'm in the mood for crepes. Crowley turned him so they were face to face. Well, maybe after you get your treat, I'll get mine. Crowley, the house is a mess. So... Don't you want to have your handyman over to fix the pipes? Maybe give him a call so he can drill some holes? Some holes in what? Crowley groaned and dropped his head back. Oh, come on, Angel, play along. 
I know you've thought about it. Aziraphale pulled away. Of course I have. I nearly tore my house down in an attempt to get you to ravage me. They walked together into the living room, which was an even bigger mess of boxes and misplaced furniture. Aziraphale let out a deep breath. Maybe this could all wait until tomorrow. The feeling of Crowley's mouth against his neck was certainly looking more appealing by the second. If I recall correctly, Angel, it was you who did the ravaging. Mm, perhaps. It was two years ago. I can hardly remember. In the end, Aziraphale was able to convince Crowley to at least help him set up the furniture and organize the boxes into the correct rooms. He'd grumbled about it, but Aziraphale knew his clean freak husband would appreciate it later. They sat now, together on the kitchen floor, two plates of crepes from the local restaurant set out in front of them. I still can't believe I left the kitchen chairs back at the old house, Crowley griped. Aziraphale dug his fork into the plate of chicken Florentine crepes closest to him. It's really not a big deal, darling. The box van doesn't need to be back until tomorrow evening. We can stop by and pick them up in the morning. I guess. I just didn't imagine our first night in our house together spent eating on the kitchen floor. Aziraphale grinned. Well, I can't say I'm complaining. It feels special, doesn't it? Like we're breaking it in. Crowley wiggled his eyebrows. I can think of another way to break it in. Oh, Aziraphale batted his eyelashes. What were you thinking? A good scrubbing? I'll show you a good scrubbing. All Aziraphale could do was laugh as Crowley pounced forward and knocked him onto his back. Crowley, be careful! You'll ruin the crepes! Crowley bit at his neck. Fuck the crepes. Aziraphale let out a scandalized gasp, making Crowley lean back and look down at him. All right, I admit that was too far. Indeed it was. Aziraphale had to purse his lips to stop the grin that wanted to break free on his face, but Crowley saw it anyways. He pressed a quick kiss to his lips, then climbed off him. Okay, finish your bloody crepes, you fussy bastard. Aziraphale wiggled as he pushed himself into a sitting position. You knew what you were getting into when you married me. Hardly. You can't blame me. I was blinded by how utterly sexy you were. Nobody has any right to walk around with an ass as nice as yours. Aziraphale grinned around the fork in his mouth. They had 
both come around to admitting all the ways in which the other drove them mad, so he was well aware of what his body did to his husband. As if you were any better walking around with that tool belt. It was all I could do to not bend you over the counter and fuck you senseless. Well, it might not have been the counter, but you did fuck me senseless in the end. Although... Aziraphale knew that look, and it usually led to something he was going to enjoy. Although what? Crowley balanced his head on his fist. This is a new home. A perfect place to make new memories. That counter looks awfully comfortable. Crowley, it's quartz. I can guarantee it won't be. Never know until we try, will we? In the end, Aziraphale did end up fucking him over the counter. It would have been perfect if it weren't for Crowley commenting on the slight tilt he felt to the surface and how he was going to need to fix it before they started using it to cook. He supposed this was what he got for falling for a handyman. The End Everything But the Kitchen Sink Written by Chiara M. Gray and read by Literarian Bonus Content Let me just quickly stop here to say that this fic, lovely as it is and as much as I like it, it is based on some very wrong assumptions about British houses and British handymen. First off, we don't have garbage disposals that can break. We have bins, and that is it. There is no such thing as a garbage disposal. I would have to look up what that even means. I'm supposing it's probably something American that just doesn't exist over here, or at least not in any house I've ever been in in this country. So that's just not a thing. But never mind. You know, we'll just go with it. But... The other thing? The idea that you can just look up a handyman who has the right skill set and actually does good work? Those guys are rare. And if they are, they are actually rarely British. They are usually Polish. But that's a whole different story. I have tried. I've moved into my house just over two years ago. And I have loads of things that just need to, you know, get hung up on walls and I never have the time to do it. So I thought, 
I'll just get a handyman to do that for me. You know, some kind of generic all-rounder who could just drill a few holes and put up shelves and stuff. And I needed someone to assess a broken bunny hutch. But that's also another story. And I have spent over a year, and I kid you not, I mean it, over a year trying to find someone who could do these things. I've had one guy come round, assess it, and then never send a quote. And then when the quote came half a year later, it was so ridiculously expensive that, you know, it wouldn't have been worth it. There was another guy who came round, but so very clearly didn't understand what he actually needed to do that I didn't dare hire him. Those were Brits. There was another one who online made a really good impression, understood what I wanted and what the complications would be for some of the things that needed to be done, made an appointment, made a price, made a good price, made an appointment, never showed up, never responded to my calls again. I've had a couple people look at the bunny hutch and say, yeah, I'm going to write you a report for the insurance, no problem. I've never got one. A year later, I've just dumped the thing because there was no point. I was never going to get it assessed anyway. So, yeah, that's money lost. That is a very common experience with British handymen. I've once had someone who was meant to fix the heating instead effectively break into the house, break the heating and leave without locking the door. And I'm not even making this up, right? This is not literature. This is just... This is British handyman. So I would have hired Crowley just for being any way near skilled. Let alone he's gorgeous to look at and, you know, you can flirt with him. All of that aside, just someone whose skilled is so fucking rare. And someone who actually responds to calls and actually shows up and actually does the work. If anyone in southern England knows someone who does that sort of thing, give me a shout, because I really have need, and it's absolutely fucking impossible to find anyone, even if you throw money at it. So, round end, I just needed to say about this fic. I love the fic, and it's kind of in my head, the follow-up, or in the same league as Petrico and Parchment, which is one of the key reasons why I wanted to record it, because it deserves it, and it is great and it has so many surprises and I like it. But these assumptions about handymen and houses in Britain? Nowhere near the truth. Anyway, where was I in my script? I think there. But it wasn't long before his stomach was growling and beseeching him to get up and have a snack. <laughs> Go, there's a snack sitting on the kitchen floor. Crowley was quiet for a moment, and then he gave him a quote that seemed incredibly low. Would it be a quote after he's already done the work? He made his way over to the little writing desk beside the window that looked out over the garden. That looked... He made his way over to the little window... He made his way over to the... The, the, the... Are you sure you want... Are you sure... Oh, fuck off. Old Mrs. Jameson paid him... Old Mrs. Jameson put... 
pulled? No, she didn't pull Crowley. The room was quiet, except for the scrape and slide of his pencil on the wall and the faint sound of Aziraphale's breathing. Crowley desperately wanted to turn around and see if Aziraphale was watching. Well, there's some giveaway there because there's no pages turning sound. He didn't want just one quick th he didn't want just once he didn't want just one quick th 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 A small smile pulled at Crowley's lips. Is that so? Oh fuck off. Honestly. It's a really sunny day on a weekend, so everybody's taking out their dick extensions. He had to figure out a way to fix this. Oh, fuck you! At the bottom of the stairs, what has... At the bottom of the stairs, what... What? He led him to the door of the basement. Another thing, British houses rarely ever have basements. It would be great if they did, but they don't. Crowley flicked on the light and whistled. Whistling is horrible for your ears. I'm not going to do that. Fucking motorcycle. It's just hovering. It's not even driving off. <sighs> well, let's see if this works. <sighs> Fucking airplane. Now Crowley says here I'm clean, but I'm clean is actually not a nice thing to say because it suggests that people with STIs are dirty, which they are not. So, is there an alternative? Oh, for fuck's sake. Motorcycle and helicopter, and I haven't even started recording the chapter. Right, let's try this. One of these boxes has to have the kitchen stuff. What kind of kitchen do they have that it's only one box? My kitchen was at least five. 